Welcome to Almost Agreeable. Almost Agreeable. With your hosts, Chris Nellison and Ed Harris. Hang around and listen to opinions on sports, Sports. movies, Movies. music, music, and whatever else pops in our head. Alright, welcome to another episode of Almost Agreeable. I'm one of your hosts, Ed Harris. I'm Chris. And we have another special guest on here today. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey, what's up? This is Kyle, and I'm just excited to be here. Perfect, and this is... Listen, wait, 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 wait. I'm really excited that you're excited to be here. <laughs> okay. But, that, but you're, I, that's so unlike you, just like, hello, hi, I'm, hi, I'm Kyle. Hi, hi it's me. Hey, you, man! Well, yeah. Let's let I don't know what's with my hands. Let's let the guy be excited, you know. We're going to talk about Star Wars. Yes. Today is, oh, is Star, Wars Wars Star Wars Day. Day. So, so today we realized that The Mandalorian Season 2 is going to come out. Oh, yes, yeah. Which I'm go. so hyped for. Yes. Like, it, Kyle's got the Mandalorian shirt on right now. Uh, yeah, right. this is the way. This is the this way. Is the I so. feel like if there was anything in 2020 to take a, like a you know, a good thing that's happening, it is definitely the Mandalorian, the Mandalorian. comes Mandalorian. out in October. October on, 30th, to be exact. On my out. birthday. That's, that's a great too. birthday present, right? Perfect. Yeah. So, I mean, we're this will probably follow the same kind of form as the Game of Thrones episodes you guys have been hearing. We're just going to go through the movies themselves, and we're starting out with the original trilogy, okay? So we're going to talk about the original trilogy, and then we'll get into the prequels. And then we'll kind of dive into Rogue One, Solo, and, you know, kind of speculate on what would happen after that, if there were to be another series after that. Yeah, like Return of the Jedi was just such a, obviously, a conclusion to the series, but it left a lot of people wondering, like, what, what would happen after Return of the Jedi? Like, what would happen? Like, what would Luke do? Would he open a Jedi Academy? Like, would Leia follow the Force? Like, is Han going to change his ways and be a stay-at-home husband like what you know (laughs) there's a lot of of questions yeah a lot of questions to do with that yeah so let's jump right into one of the highlights of the entire series right which is a new hope which really just kind of puts you into this universe like from the get this is your first entry into the saga and probably like a lot of people will say that new hope is the best star wars film of the whole saga they will say that and it's hard to argue that it's not right yeah, I would. Uh, I would make a strong. So, so to so to fully appreciate a new hope, I think you have to step back into what film was before a new hope, right? Like, it they had this beautiful orchestral soundtrack over it. Oh, John Williams, of um, course. Yeah, and you know there were a lot of groundbreaking things that that a new hope did. So without even before we even get into the badassery that is Star Wars, it's like just from a film perspective. Putting yourself back into what what it was at that time, and the, then the risks that they took, namely you know, George, George Lucas, I think that to me, first of all, like that's amazing. I think that's that's part of what makes that that film in particular such a such an indelible part of what a lot of fans take away from the film. Because you know, especially if you're talking about films that are probably one generation older than us, a lot of them do mark A New Hope as their favorite. And I think that's part of it. Well, yeah. And you think about the year. Everything you just said is so valid because it comes out in 77, right? Mm -hmm. In a time when, you know, sci-fi wasn't really a genre that was accepted. So you have George Lucas, who's a young filmmaker at this time, and he he puts this together. Everyone in Hollywood, everyone around the film is like, yo, this shit's going to (laughs) suck. Like, you know, it's not going to be good. And it, it comes out 
the same year as Jaws. Right. And both of those movies kind of set the precedent for what summer blockbusters are. Um, it began. It became. So, it even released it on like not very many screens, and it was so good that they were like, "Just kidding! We're gonna go ahead and release them on a thousand yes, million now screens." Now we have to do like, a mass release yeah. of this. Yeah, right, right. it was. It was something all in its own. You know, the sci-fi genre wasn't that big. It really wasn't. I mean, like we have Star Wars, and then we have later in '79, Alien coming out, and both of these two movies kind of not kind of, completely changed the entire scope of what movies could be. I mean, we didn't have CGI at the time. We had Industrial Light and Magic that completely set Star Wars apart. Right, and you don't get CGI until like the 90s. Yeah, right. And so like the practical effects that happen in Star Wars are, like you said, they set a precedent. They are groundbreaking. Um, They didn't have a lot of money. So like if you can... My biggest thing to me is, like, as a huge fan of, like, the Marvel films that have come out and, like, all the things that use CGI very heavy, it's, like, you can watch Star Wars A New Hope today. Right. And it holds up with the yeah. practical effects that they used. With just the, uh, the tiny amount of money that they had. Just goes to show you that if you have a little ingenuity, motivation, artists, a good crew, you can make some shit like this happen. And, I'll, and, and I just, I, before we keep going, I want to touch back on something Kyle said about the score, Right. I remember uh, watching a documentary about how George Lucas screened this film for other directors before <laughs> it was scored. And they were like, yeah, this shit kind of sucked. <laughs> they, weren't, they weren't about it. Like, they were like, what the, the fuck is going gonna... on? Yeah. And then John Williams comes in and, and essentially makes, what was it, his first Oscar probably out of right. 90,000 Oscars that he's won? Okay. Yeah. So like John, John Williams, we can't understate that John Williams' score comes in and, and just kind of makes this film as good as it was. Right. It was already going to be great either way, but the, the score is iconic. Right. Yeah. I, 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 I couldn't agree more. And so that's kind of like the first bit that I would say before even jumping into it, like just kind of like a, as like a pouring out, out, out of respect, I just want to say like I fully appreciate kind of what like the risk they took and what they did because before Star Wars, there was nothing like Star Wars. And, um, and I mean, John Williams, like you said, like the, the music is, you can't separate Star Wars from the music. Um, I literally cannot think of a Star Wars scene without thinking of the music or or the or the sound effects that were playing at the time of that scene. But, yeah. Well, that's kind of what I'm saying. Like you're, you know, you were saying like it would have been great anyways, but would it have been? Right. It it may not have been. Like you know, Kyle's saying he can't think of a scene without thinking of John Williams' score. I don't think it would have been what it is today if it didn't have that soundtrack to it. I don't think it would have been what it is today. Yeah. It still would have been a film that. You know, broke the barriers of, of special effects. Right. But okay. some some of these iconic songs. That we well, of course, like, uh, and, Imperial March. Ed knows me better than anybody. The Jedi like theme. he knows yeah, I have a fucking. Theme I have a whole playlist. Theme. I have a whole playlist of. Yeah, of right. I, I named it epic scores. Yeah. And like half the fucking playlist is John Williams from like various <laughs> Star Wars films. Right. Okay? Right. So like, there's like the Yoda theme. There's the Force theme. Yes. There is Absolutely. the Imperial March. You yeah. know, there's the opening crawl. Yep. And so, like, I, and I go back to the word iconic because that's what it was. It was iconic. Right. And so, I, I guess we can kind of get in, you know, to the film now. We're talking about how yeah, great yeah, it was, sorry, how yeah, groundbreaking yeah. it was. Let's <laughs> talk like about the preamble film a little bit. That's right? the preamble, right? Yeah, yeah. I think that one of the one of the most understated scenes of that film is the very beginning. If you guys remember, if you guys are in your head right now, you you two, Kyle and Ed, and whoever's listening, take yourself to the opening crawl. It ends. It pans down. There's Tatooine. There's the Imperial Cruiser, or not, the Rebel Cruiser. There's the Imperial Star Destroyer, okay? The first thing you see, and it's all in your head, you have this little ship 
going. Mm-hmm. Just the little rubble cruiser, and then you have the Star Destroyer come in, and it and it comes over right the over camera, top. right, right over, and it top. just keeps yeah. going yeah. and going yeah. and going. So yeah. it's like a it's like a very subtle kind of like here is your little rebels, and here is the long reach yeah. of the Empire, signified by this long shot of the Star Destroyer coming in. Yeah. It's the it long, you, it's the long dick of yeah, the long. long dick of the it long. It tells you everything you need to know, right? 100%. Like here's rebels, here's Empire. Good guys, bad guys, right? It, everything you need to know is and like it's right there. Yeah. So right away you're like, okay, what's what's up? What the fuck's going on? This is nuts. Obviously that's a big ship. And I know we just got done the preamble, but just like on a personal level for me, because everyone remembers where they were the first time they saw Star Wars, and so for me, um, you know, I was I wasn't a, I wasn't a child, but I was like a preteen. And I remember uh, my sister used to babysit for like the kids next door. She was sick, so I had to step in. You know. You know, like the team player I am, and and the the dad of the kids, like they're the they're the the people were going on a date, and the dad, his name was Tom, shout out. Um, he was like, "Hey man," because I think he knows he's a cool, like, he's a cool guy, and he knows like, I'm a preteen, I don't want to babysit his fucking kids. Yeah. And, uh, and, and pretty much, long story short, he was like, "Put these kids to bed. We've got mad movies, but have you seen Star Wars?" And I was like, "No," because remember. Before the prequels came out, like Star Wars, there was a huge gap between like the originals and then the, the prequels. Yeah. So I so I really had I had never seen 20, Star Wars almost twenty years. Yeah. yeah. And like the badass he is, uh, he was like, I have we have all these movies, but you should watch Star Wars. And just to just to just to flex my cloud a little bit, it was original VHS. Ooh. Original VHS. And I was like, all right, cool. So I put those kids to bed probably too early. I was like. Go the fuck to bed, kids. I know. So I got Star Wars to watch. <laughs> and that shot, so, so to bring it back, that shot you're talking about, it was like immediately, like, my little, like, I don't know, 12-year-old brand, however old I was, I was like, oh, what is going on? Yeah. And then you have, another thing I love about Star Wars in general is just all their scenes and their environments have just immediate, like, impact, right? Like, cause that first scene, it's like, white. Not not the the first scene, but like, when, when before Darth Vader makes his entrance, it's... It's just white, you know, right? And then they're about to breach, you know, and you're just like immediately sucked in, especially for like my little pubescent brain. Like, I'm just like, oh, wow. Well, th- that that's kind of, I was kind of the same age when I first watched the original trilogy. And like I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and flex with you too is on VHS. Yeah. It, yes. was, it was on. Yes. I guess we can all flex that together. All right, oh, let's yeah, flex yeah. on that. Flex Free special edition. Shout out VHS. It was the VHS straight yeah, up. Gen Zers don't know what that's about. I was visiting my grandpa in Wyoming. I was one of the six people in Wyoming at the time. <laughs> and we've up to eight now. Yeah, exactly. So I was down there, and I was just talking with him, and he was like. Uh, have you ever seen? We just caught talking about movies and young young teens at the time. And he was like, "Have you seen Star Wars?" And I was like, "No, no, I haven't seen Star Wars." And he was like, "Oh, okay. Uh, do you like? Have you read the Bible? Do you like believe in God at all? Do you are you religious?" And I was like, uh, "I don't know." And before I could even finish, he was like, uh, "The Bible, the second greatest story ever told." Oh, <laughs> and I was like, like that. 
So he's like, I'm hooked. I'm ready. Yeah, I'm ready. So, I'm yeah. He was like, uh, you need to watch Star Wars. So that is the preamble. That's the prequel of me watching Star Wars. Okay. He set it up for me perfectly, and it delivered more than 110%. Oh, yeah. No, I'm so, going to steal that now. But. Well, yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> take, yeah, take, yeah. I think we can all steal that. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to, um, obviously, we tie with the VHS. Like, that's something we all have in common. But my dad showed me that shit when I was, like, three Nice. Like, way too young to I, know. Yeah, no, I didn't know what was happening. But I know that for, like, my seventh birthday, like, well, not seventh birthday, but, like, when I was seven, I was running around the neighborhood as Luke Skywalker for Halloween every year. For, sure. for like, three years straight, I was Luke Skywalker. Like, sure. you know, I just run And this is the 90s. This is the intermission, yeah. kind of. Right. This is, like, right. this is it's in like between. such a profound effect after the fact. Like, and that's what I mean. Like, I go back to, I keep saying the word iconic, but it really, it really it, was. It really was, yeah. So, we come in, we find out what we need to know, we see Rebels... You know, Empire. We meet. We meet these fucking droids that like. Who would ever heard of the word like droid in a in a context yeah. where you were like, oh yeah, yeah, it's a robot, like doing some right, shit. Like right. no, you didn't. And then you can kind of you know they go to Tatooine where we eventually meet our protagonist who we can relate to. And that's the greatest thing about the story that's told here in Star Wars is that you meet Luke and he's not privy to the plot, right? right. He's new to it. Like he knows about the struggles with the Empire and I, the Rebels. I'm say something that might be controversial. Go ahead and say that again. No, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. No. I think, I think we think, yeah. Anyway, go ahead. And we might be jumping the shark a little bit, but first impressions. Luke, Luke was, uh, Luke was kind of a whiny bitch. <laughs> he wanted you know, to go to Tashi like, Station like, to pick up some cow- power converters. Like, okay, look, the guy literally, all the guy knows is how to do some weird farming. True. True. No, really. Okay, let me ask you a question then. Besides Ed, Kyle, you live now up here in the Pacific Northwest for for now. You're moving around a little bit. But when, like you know, your hometown. Yep. Did you leave it? Did I what? Sorry. Did you leave your hometown? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Definitely, definitely. Why did you leave your hometown? Just life. The world was bigger. It's you it's because yeah. it like you want to experience for you for experience. something different, right? Right, right. That, that me too, right? I was yeah. in my hometown. I was like, this place sucks. That is Luke. That's why That's he's Luke so relatable. Skywalker, yeah, because you're sitting there like, yeah, y'all dog. This place sucks. I gotta get out of here. But especially if there's two sons. Fuck all that. But I don't want to jump the shark here. I don't want to. Out of great respect from. My queen. I don't want to skip over her, right? We have, we have, I mean, Leia, right? The movie Do starts, meet Leia first. This badass that is Darth Vader steps in. You're immediately like, there's no question, you're like, bad guy. <laughs> you <know? laughs> not only, you're like, not only just bad guy, but like, the, the dude. Yeah. This is the dude. Well, you know what's crazy? Right. <clears throat> you say that, and I think Vader only had like, it's like 11 seven, minutes, like 17. Screen. Yeah. But there's no question. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Right. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I really the, don't think. The, I don't think Vader got as badass until Empire, but like you still did know in New Hope that he was like, that's the bad guy. The guy was barely there, and you were just like, oh shit. Yeah, it was the costume. It was the Four mystery of people. Him. Why is he breathing like an asthmatic? Like it was James Earl Jones. James Earl Jones. That's yeah. how we're gonna bring that into it. You like maybe one of the best voiceover performances of all Fuck. time. Yeah, and then you know you, you get to you get to. Princess Leia, and so in the beginning, you just have all these questions, right? You're like, why are they jacking up all these people? Why is this dude coming in, and why? And and what is she hiding? Like, why is she? What is she putting into the droid? And you have all these questions, but but to tie it all back together, was first of all, Leia, respect. I, I just I thought I just thought she was amazing. Like, and 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 going back to what it was for the for for, for film, like she was just a strong, independent woman that was just just had an independent role, independent of like. Her attachment to any type of romantic interest in men or whatever, 
And then she has this message with the droids, and then Luke steps in. And I just, I, I just looking back on it, I just thought that it was cool because um, they just tied in, you know, Luke and Leia. Uh, it's this, it's the standard story of it's the it's the hero's journey, right? That's the story. It's yeah. a very standard story. But I just thought that the way that they did it was was badass, you know. So then these droids come in, uh, they go back down, they go down, they get abducted, and then boom, uh, Luke comes across them, and Luke is kind of like. They almost didn't pick R2, which, who, by the way, R2 is my favorite character in, in all of Star Wars. I think R2 is the biggest. Uh, <laughs> I love R2-D2. And uh, he's like the uh, he's like the low-key MVP of Star Wars because he's the thread that, that ties them all together. He's, and he never right, he his, was in all six. And yeah. he never had his memory wiped. Yeah. So R2 is carrying everything. And, um, and yeah, and, and, and Luke, Luke, Luke ends up with R2. And... Um, I just thought it was cool how they tied up, tied that all in together. But I didn't I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just no, you're I, I just don't want to jump you know, over Leia because Leia no, I just thought was. I mean, I was going to get to Leia eventually, mm-hmm. but yeah. I mean, we we have so much to cover. Like, uh, you know, we're trying to do three movies today. We might even true, get to three true, 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 true. We, we might not get there, and, yeah. that, and that's okay. Um, because once we're on Tatooine, we meet Luke, we meet the protagonist, and then we meet this wise old sage. Yeah. Right. We meet Benjamin Kenobi. Okay. Uh, go get, get the fuck out of my house. Oh. Obi-Wan. <laughs> okay, Obi-Wan, yeah. It's a name he hasn't heard in a long in time, long, right? So, long time. I mean, Obi-Wan, and he's like, yo, Luke, like... He, well, he's telling him, he's like, of course I know him. He's me. He's, he's me. me. Yeah, I'm Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. I'm that guy. I'm that dude. And so, get to a point where it's like, the, the stage is kind of set, right? We we understand as a meeting Luke that he's going to be our guy. And then his aunt and uncle die, and he has to leave this planet. He Damn, finds the message from Leia. We're just going to gloss over like like yeah oh yeah they're dead fuck him yeah whatever now he's gonna go on his adventure he comes home to skeletons i was right. in a gloss over they're right. burned i'm still right. traumatized yeah. from that right? yeah like, they're burned and he's having it's like it's showing trauma like, right he comes back to this and's like he's he's like oh and that's gonna lead them back home and then he right. rushes he home runs, yeah and they're just skeletons. They're burnt. Yeah. Right? So really, now he's got nothing left to do but to pursue this quest. Right. Right. But that—that's kind of that kick moment. Yeah. Well, yeah, and then it gives him his resolve. Right. Yeah. He has a resolve for that. He's like, you know what? Yeah. I have nothing, nothing left for me here. Like, teach me, teach me. Yeah. I want to learn the ways of the Jedi. Like, I want to go do this. So they leave, and they meet with one of maybe the most iconic characters from the entire saga. Right. Mm-hmm. Han Solo, mm-hmm. who I don't know if you guys do you guys know how uh, Harrison Ford got that role? How? So Harrison Ford was in a movie that George Lucas had directed before he did Star Wars mm-hmm. called uh, American Graffiti, mm-hmm. and it was like a teenage like coming of age movie, and he was in it, and so George Lucas like brought him in to read for the auditions like with other actors. So like huh, Harrison Ford read with Mark Hamill, he read with Carrie Fisher. Mm-hmm. And Spielberg sat in with him, and he was like, "Why don't you just fucking cast this guy as Han Solo?" And he was like, "No, I don't want him to become my Bobby De Niro." Like thinking of Scorsese mm-hmm. and Robert yeah. De Niro, like, I don't want him yeah. to yeah. become my De Niro. Yeah. And he was like, "Just fucking do it." Just and he do. did. He cast Han. Yeah. He cast Harrison Ford as Han Solo. So mm-hmm. that's how that's how he got that role, which was perfect for. And um, oh, um, it kind of made his career. Yeah. Because before I, that. Like I said, he was a, he was a carpenter, like, yeah, and yeah, he was in the one movie yeah. American Graffiti. Right, and it's then after been that, unmatched. 
since. Since. And I just want to say for all, anyone out there that's listening that it's it's killing y'all that we haven't addressed this, but uh, Han did shoot first. Let's uh, uh, all just understand. Yeah, that. yeah, we're getting there. We just got yeah. to Luke meeting. Yeah, Han. we didn't even. Okay. Yeah, we were, okay. we're getting to the canteen. But also, also like like he said, like if you were offended that we hadn't mentioned it, like that's okay. You should be because you should that's be. something we do. You if, Han did shoot first. If you're a real yeah, one, I'm not a special yeah. edition bitch. Okay, yeah. like that. That yeah, um, let's, yeah. We all watched the VHS the original VHS. fucking movie. Hey, yeah. So have you watched it since it's been on Disney Plus? Yes. Okay. No. So he shoots Greedo. And Brito says something super strange. Because it's fucking ridiculous. Even I get boarded sometimes. You think I had a choice? Yes. That's new. Right. McClunky. Yeah. McClunky. McClunky. I've, yeah. I, that, I've never heard that. Yep. Yep. I do, I, the first time watching... Well, I've only watched it once, but I watched it and was immediately like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> yeah. I heard that and was like... Okay. Yeah. Uh, we're just going to change around some weird things. I'm confused. Like, that scene is so pivotal. Yeah. Uh, In establishing Han Solo's character. Exactly. Right. It's... He he is the bounty hunter. He's the guy who shoots first. He's a rogue. He's he's a rogue. Yeah. He's uh, also the guy who shoots somebody, and they say McClunky apparently. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, can we get uh, like a translator on the phone? What the fuck McClunky means? Grito <laughs> and Greedo was a badass in his own right, which we didn't come to find out till later. Yeah. But um, but Han did shoot first. Uh, if that if that upsets anyone. I don't care. Then don't listen. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah, don't yeah. Like, you can um, stop right now. If you're a right pure now. Star Wars fan, then you know that Han shot Han first. first. So we meet Han. We go ahead and we're going to dip out to Alderaan. And then we get to see just how terrible the Empire is and they blow up Alderaan, right? Yeah. So I'm going back to my little my little prepubescent brain. That, that was probably the first real shit that I ever saw in a movie. Like, I was like... Because... For me, at least, like at that age, you know, you know, like you, you feel you feel the stakes, but somewhere in your subconscious, you know, like they're not gonna blow up a whole planet. Like, come on, like yeah, this is a bluff. That's not what we do out here, uh, and that is absolutely what we did, <laughs> and <laughs> and um, that was probably the quote unquote weakest we ever I ever saw Princess Leia. Um, oh, she was just she was just devastated. Yeah, I mean that was her whole planet. Everyone she especially if you watch the prequels and realize that like yeah. she was raised on that planet. Yeah. Uh, Senator, uh, you know, Bail Organa adopted right. her. That's where they lived. That she lived a, a life of lavish as a princess on yeah. Alderaan, a beautiful planet from the looks of it. Yeah, and so we saw the most like Earth we've seen in this entire saga is Alderaan. Right. Maybe besides Naboo, but and that's what we, it was obviously established that the Empire was not to be fucked with. No. Like it was yeah. just like, we're about that action. Well, let's talk about Tarkin real quick. Because yes. like you, you, meet, you meet fucking Vader and you're like, that's the dude. And then, like, Tarkin's like, telling Vader what to do. Yeah. So and you're t- like... You're kind of reali- realizing that there is a hierarchy mm-hmm. and they're kind of shunning his... You, we don't know about the Jedi, the Force. We don't know about this religion that they have. Right, I don't think the Sith is mentioned in any of the previous No, the original, in any yeah. of the original trilogy, yeah. the Sith does not exist. Right. right. So just seeing Tarkin talk about Vader in this context of just like, yeah, okay, yeah. basically you're what the Empire, you're his pet. And right, he right. lets you off the leash so you can go do whatever, but 
there's a hierarchy to this shit. Right. Okay, you need to listen. This is an actual military, like, like military force. Right, yeah. Right. So it's it's just a crazy thing to see that you're seeing who you think is the main villain be kind of dogged. Yeah. 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 It kind of throws you for a loop. Yeah. Right. And but and and like. I, we haven't got this far yet, but like I think it was so badass that like Vader jumped into a Tie Fighter. Yeah. Like it just like this dude's going out there like Tie Fighter's getting blown up like flies, and he's going yeah. out there to find, and he fucking goes out there and takes care of business a little bit. Yeah. But, but yeah, I, think, I thought like you to reiter, reiterate what you were saying. I think it's that was how they kind of like put into sharp focus. Nah, there's there's a hierarchy here, and really truly Tarkin is kind of the one that runs this because, and you know, it just kind of showed that. For Tarkin to be who he is and where he was, it's without the influence of like you know the Force or whatever, it it put that in sharp focus. Like you immediately understand like, oh okay. It's like the first time you see someone like yell at their dog or something. You know, it's like, oh he runs shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like you know. Like okay, um, I get who the boss is here. Yeah. Yeah. No. So yeah. So all around gets blown up, and then you have one of the best lines ever uttered by an actor is that's no moon that's no moon that's a it's space a station space station right? they yeah. get sucked in the yeah. tractor beam and they go into the death star and then right. that's when uh, our core f- three heroes meet for the first time right um we'll get to the confrontation between Vader and obi-wan in a little bit which which watching a new hope at the ages we did uh pre-prequels okay the, the gravity of that battle between vader and obi-wan is not as heavy right okay so like we can go ahead and refer back to the prequels now because we've seen them. They've been out for, you know, almost 20 years. It's like the gravity of that saber duel is just, my yeah. God. Like the first time they met it, since... It hits a lot. Uh, and there's actually a video that I had sent you. We'll post it on the link of the Almost Agreeable uh, Instagram page. But it kind of mixes the original trilogy and the prequel of... Obi-Wan and Anakin, and then Obi-Wan and Vader. Right, So it mixes the fight between the two and then them kind of growing together. And honestly, it was just, like, tear-jerking. It was pretty tough to watch. It picks up where, like, Obi-Wan's telling Luke, like, his memories with his father. And, like, you can, like... Even though... I'm I'm, I'm I'm pretty sure that uh, Sir Alec Guinness, like, didn't know like, the history yeah. between the yeah. characters, like, when he was giving that monologue. Yeah. But, like, there's PTSD in his face. Yeah. That, so that's actually what he was told when he was acting, is that he should reflect on that he actually has a history with this character. He yeah. should act like he's been in a war. He should act like there is some kind of hurt prior to that. And he shows that perfectly. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'll take a kind of a different approach to this. Um, because everything that you guys are saying is completely accurate with the understanding of what's to come because we've seen the prequels. But for me, when I first saw it, you know, as a teenager, I did not feel anything much more than, like, that sucks because from the perspective of, like, oh, Luke, who has been established as, like, the main character at this point. Um, Luke lost someone important. Like, Luke lost a mentor. But because I was more emotionally attached to Luke, like, Luke is our hero now, um... Maybe I'm just an asshole, but, like, I didn't really feel any type of way about it. I was like, damn, that sucks. Anyway, it's more about Luke. You know, like, it was just like a... And I guess part of it, too, is that, like, he did the whole evaporate, disappear thing. Yeah. Um, so for me, at that's such a young age, I just felt like 
yes, that does suck because he's not around anymore. But uh, we got Luke out here. We got Han. You know, you know, like it was just kind of like yeah. a, the mentor has to pass for the hero to progress. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I wasn't that aware as a kid, but but yeah, it was like it was some some stuff like that where it was just just kind of like, dang, that sucks. Um, What's next? Yeah, what's going on there? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Escape? yeah. And they yeah. do escape, right? They get out of they the Death yeah. Star. And then, you know, Leia is like, just like, shut the fuck up, Han Solo. They put a trap device <laughs> on this Millennium Falcon. Like, you didn't escape, you piece of shit. Like, shut yeah. up. Yeah. And, you know, then we had the final confrontation, uh, the Battle of Yavin, right? Where the rebels have already decided, they're like, oh, fuck, the Death Star is coming. It's going to blow us up. We have 30 minutes to destroy it. Here's, <laughs> here's these plans. And w- which ties in Rogue One, right? Because there's such a loophole mm-hmm. for a lot of uh, fanboys for so long with this, like, oh, the, the fucking Imperial fleet just, you know, left this vulnerability there. Right, it's like, no, right. it was, we watched Rogue One, it's like, no, no, it was designed that way. Right. But let's think about that for, when did Rogue One come out? I don't know. <laughs> Two years ago? 2014. Uh, so let's say for almost 40 years. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's say for almost 40 years, people were just like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. There's an no, exhaust port the size of a womp rat. Yeah. That, Bull, yeah. Uh, bullseye womp rats back home. Yeah, right, so yeah. he just happened to put some missiles into that and then it blew up the fucking Death Star. Yeah. Right. That's, people were thinking that for 40 years. So yeah. they literally made a movie to explain that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we <laughs> about it. We can't because have... that's one of the best... Right. Obviously, a great film. Rogue One was amazing. <laughs> yeah, we, no, hold on. We can't even emphasize enough how much of a gaping loophole that was because, like, for years... That was a huge point of, I guess, just ire for diehard Star Wars fans. And not and you say, you say they made a whole movie, but like I'm one of those nerds. I read the book, the prequel book prior to Rogue One, but I did read it. Um, and it's all about, um, well, we're not talking about this, but about Jyn Erso's dad. And so when you, especially when you read that, it gives you a much more of a peek behind like the moral battle that he was facing with the fact that he was working for the empire and all that stuff so and then on top of that rogue one you kind of get a such a deep sense of like why he left he well, left that in there yeah well what's wild to me is that like so it's such a gaping plot hole and then after 40 years this movie's made to kind of fill it but be ends up becoming one of the greatest films in the saga absolutely and like i i'm resorted to the fact that like we're, we're gonna be on this for a little while so <laughs> i'm gonna go ahead and say it. is this that like vader yes always thought of him as a badass and because of what we saw in the original trilogy, you're like, yeah, this dude was badass, but like, we didn't really see it. Right. And then Rogue One gives you a small taste oh, man. Of, of Vader, like, at his powers, being badass. And that right. scene where he's fucking chasing the plans, and he's just fucking slicing up yeah. rebel yeah. dudes. And right then, at the end. And yeah. I, and I'll jump on, jump on what you're just saying, because uh, I know that's not exactly the direction that we're going, but I would make the argument that you can't... You can't really have a full conversation about New Hope without talking about Rogue One because they did such a good job of tying them together. And going back to Darth Vader, one of the complaints too is that like we all know as fans that Darth Vader is the biggest badass that ever badassed in these streets, but we never <laughs> fully saw it. And one of the cool things that I thought they did was that if you uh, if you look back into some of the canon in one of the books, it did talk about that like at his peak, Darth Vader like literally emanated the dark side of the Force, like literally darkness emanated out of him and if you really really look when you watch the end of rogue one right before he he turns on his lightsaber if you really look and you have a good high definition quality tv and the lighting is right you can see you can see smoke and you can see like 
black on black darkness emanating from like the central focus of the TV. And if you haven't seen it, I please go back and I'm, I'm exposing how much of a nerd I am because I looked for it. It's like, and you can actually see darkness spreading and then he turns on his lightsaber. And, and for niche fans like me, it was just like, ah, like chef kiss. Like you guys did it. And then he starts this wrecking shop. He just oh, man, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's it's yeah. one of those things. Check like, it out. If Check you out. have the right TV, you know, to watch maybe, uh, the Battle of Winterfell. I was just and I was just gonna fucking go there. I'm so glad you said. Yeah, yeah, maybe if you have the right TV to watch the Battle of Winterfell for Game of Thrones season eight, and it doesn't look like just fucking darkness, <laughs> then you can see what <laughs> you you're can seeing. Then you can right. see the right. darkness emanating right. from Darth Vader. Right. That's exactly. And you see what a little is. bit of that dark, like not the like you know literal darkness that you're talking about, but like. If you watch like some of the animated series, like Rebels, for instance, right. like illustrates how powerful Vader was. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I guess. This is this is this whole Star Wars, uh, you know, part of the podcast. It's, it's going to turn into a, a a lot of episodes. I, I guess we're going to have six episodes have six because episodes. Uh, we we've gone we've gone too far at this point. Yeah, so. we have, and, and I'm okay with it. Like I, maybe we could have done something similar for Game of Thrones, but um, I already told everybody that you know we're not done with Game of Thrones yet. We're going to revisit that. Right. But with Star Wars, uh, to do it properly, I feel like we we might have to do an episode on movie. And I'm talking about, you know, probably six episodes, like you said. That makes sense, because, I mean, yeah, the movies are, what, around two hours apiece, but, like, we could literally talk for half of that time and dive into not even half of the content of the actual movie, of the story, of the lore, of everything. Right. Because I can guarantee you there's stuff that even in this episode that we skipped over, we missed, and there are probably people out there being like, how could you not mention insert? We got a lot of that Um, uh, feedback from the Game of Thrones. Yeah, uh, and and trust me, 100%, absolutely, we skipped stuff, we missed stuff. Well, we haven't um, even got to the the climactic battle at the Death Star, right? Right, right. We made these plans, we send out Luke, Biggs, uh, Red, uh, Gold, Squadron, those guys. Red 5. Red 5, standing by. I actually, so... So, and, like, you get these fighters that are coming out, kind of like they're up against impossible odds, which, once Vader comes out, you're like, oh, yeah, That's yeah, it. yeah. They yeah, really yeah, were. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they're screwed. Because, you know, it's like, you know, you worry about those, you know, guns, I'll worry about the towers. Right, exactly, You know, and then it's yeah. like, yo, we picked up a new group of signals. Enemy fighters coming your way. That, that, so... It, as a kid, that just sets such a fucking anxiety tone, mm-hmm. an anxious tone for you. It ended up prevailing, and you know that that movie was made without the expectation that there was going to be a trilogy. Right, right. It's like you could end this, you could end it there. He, he picked a point in the, because he had the whole story going, like he had the full story and he picked, George Lucas picked a specific section that he was like, okay, I could pitch this. Right, right. Yeah. And so, like you said, not prepared to actually continue this story. Right. Right. Yeah. And because, like, if you, if you just... If you take New Hope as, like, a standalone... It still, works. It's still yeah, a great it film. Works. Like, it still, works. Still, okay. that, that's specifically why it was chosen. Like, it worked as a self-contained story. Right. Of course you'll have questions of how this worked or that worked, of, right. like, what are the ramifications of doing whatever. But right. as a standalone story, this... It worked. Yeah. Right. Right. And I think that's why, what I've noticed now is that you have, if you look at the different, I guess, like, variants between fans, people that are, I guess, one generation older than us, 
A New Hope tends to be like their favorite. Yeah. Um, and even amongst our generation, I think for us it's more like A New Hope or you know um, Return. You know, Return of the Jedi. Those are the two that I consistently hear. But I think it's it's consistently a new hope. Like if you looked at the body of Star Wars fans between our generation and maybe one generation older, I'd say it's like sixty percent. I would say like it's like a new hope. Like, right, and, the, and they, they should always know that yeah. like the best is obviously Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> but I mean, I, no, yeah. but I get it. I think I said it at the top of the show is that like New Hope is widely considered the greatest film of of the saga, and like and that's not to say it's it couldn't be. It definitely could. We just talked about how it could be a standalone film. Talk about the introduction. Like, we don't even need to get into how it revolutionized the way movies are made. Right. We just as a as a movie itself, right? Still could be considered the best in the saga, if not one of the best movies ever made. It's yeah. it's one of the perfect examples of the hero's journey. Yeah. Yeah. Like you you have the hero, you have the mentor, and then the mentor falls. So the hero's journey this expands past A New Hope. Mm-hmm. It expands to the entire original trilogy. But you have the hero. You realize that he has to go on this quest, and then his mentor falls, so you realize he has to be the one, well, to be the guy. And then later on, he has some downfalls. I mean, at the end of Empire, he gets his hand cut off, and I'm right. jumping ahead, of <laughs> course, but yeah. that that's part of the hero's journey, that you have peaks and valleys, and the original trilogy displays that perfectly. Yeah. 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 I don't think we can... I mean, that... that that says so much. Like everything you just said, kind of sums up all that we've been talking about. And so, you know, I guess that only leaves us with one more thing to do today. Perfect. Okay, I have some hot routes. All right. Now, just a heads up, right? Uh, I thought we could be professional and kind of progress through all, all the movies, you know, and make this so. But obviously, it's become evident that we could never do that. Like we yeah. can't. Yeah. We can't fucking it's you know limit much. all yeah. the saga into one episode. This is one thing I was absolutely worried about that we would not be able to uh, finish. And that's okay. You know, it's a problem. I, it's a problem I have. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, let me. You know what? We can get a new sponsor with that uh, information. Uh, yeah. I'll just get him up on the phone. Yeah. Perfect. Good. Right. Okay. <laughs> hot route. So, hot route. Okay. I. Uh, these questions aren't exclusive just to fucking A New Hope now. I just, I'm just just saying right now off the bat. From now on, I guess I can write hot routes for each specific movie. But this is just for Star Wars in general. Wait. Let me get one thing in there before you do it. One thing. It's going to... I'm going to... So many people are going to get... People are going to get so mad. So mad. Thought Solo was a good movie. Okay? Uh, I didn't know if I was going to be here... For the next, for the future, but I just want to get that in there. Uh, it, it it got a bad rap. Listen, listen. I think Ed and I, who almost agree on everything, can say that we both thought it wasn't terrible. It 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 was not a good movie. It was not a good movie. It was a movie. But it wasn't a bad movie. I right. put that You're, movie. Yeah. I will put that movie on, and I will watch it, and I'll be like, oh yeah, this is entertaining. Do I count it part of the Star Wars canon? Only because do, they do, brought Darth Maul back. That's exactly. That's the only reason I fucking do, hold do it. Do I count it as like pivotal to what I'm looking at when I look at the entire Star Wars universe? No. no. But is it a, no. an entertaining movie? Of course. I mean, they had they showed how Han. I think. Chewbacca, man. I think. I thought that, that was. Ansel, I, I, did, I didn't like that. I, I didn't uh, like okay, that. Okay, look, I didn't like how Han and Chewie met, but they chose an actor that could emulate Harrison Ford. With his confidence, mm-hmm. riding the line of cockiness, 
perfectly. Yeah. You would not have gotten a better actor if it were not Han Solo. No, and it's or not, his, were not, fault. Harrison's it's not his fault. Harrison's not his fault. He's not right Okay. I think yeah. that there might maybe you know maybe in like uh, post there's some decisions that were made that weren't awesome, but I think that movie has. Up get like gets a much worse rap than it, it deserves. I can I can roll with you on that. I I can, I can go with it because I don't think it's a bad movie. Uh, I think every Ed said what I already think. Yeah. Like that you know do I fucking hold it in high esteem? No. no. Do I think it's fucking shitty? No. It's, and I thought it's the Dark Maul tie-in was awesome. Like, I do, I did love in, that. I was like, dude, that's awesome. And like for those of you that think the Darth Maul is dead when we get to the prequels. You're wrong. You're wrong. He ain't dead. And I'll tell you, I was fucking shook when I saw Darth Maul. Because I don't think at the time when sure. you when you watched uh, Solo, you hadn't watched Clone Wars or Rebels. Yeah, yet. No. Yeah. So like, no. yeah, you didn't so have no idea that me, he was alive. For me, I honestly didn't even notice that he had metal legs. Damn. That was not even a thing that occurred to me. I just saw Darth Maul and I was like, "What the fuck is this?" And then, <laughs> and then I I recently showed it to my wife and we watched it and I that was the only time that I saw that he actually had metal legs. This is yeah. like two months. Well, ago. you were paying more Damn. attention this time. This is yeah. like two months ago. Because yeah. well, and that kind of goes to show you that you know I watched it once in theaters, got my fill of that was solo, mm. and then showed my wife because she hadn't seen it. And then was noticing these kind of intricacies throughout the movie. Yeah. But it wasn't like, oh yeah, I'm going to go and put on Solo. Right, right. And also Lando. I thought they nailed Lando. And, uh, well, I love uh, Donald well, Glover. Donald Glover yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know if I like the portrayal of Lando. Okay, yeah. I am a huge Donald Glover fan. And I'm going to back that guy in whatever he does. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah, yeah. Sorry, I just had to get the. No, name. you're good. Because, oh, okay. he, might, he might not be back. So yeah. I yeah. Yeah. All right. What What do we have for a hot round? Is uh, this still number one? We haven't gotten number one. Right? No, no. You know, he wanted to talk about solo for a second. Yeah, I which know. that's, a, that's a, I'll allow it. That's okay. I'll allow it. It's allowed. All right. <laughs> okay. Hot, hot route. Hot route number one. Of the entire saga, who is your guys's favorite Jedi? Oh, that's easy for me. Oh, is it easy for you? It's so easy for me. Hit it. Qui Gon Jinn. That's childish. Can you okay? Can you elaborate like this for like maybe like thirty seconds or less? Yes, Qui Gon Jinn is my favorite Jedi because he exemplified what the Jedi code was about. But some of that stuff that you saw have implications later on in 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 a portion of the franchise we don't acknowledge. He was the first person to to kind of go on his well to me the first Jedi that I saw go on his own kind of beaten path right like Yoda and the Jedi Council did not agree with his decision to, to take Anakin and he said cool well I'm going to take him anyway um, he did he, he and, and he also imbibed that spirit into Obi-Wan um, but he did that with but, but he did that while still withholding to the Jedi tenets the Jedi principles um, not only that but he was also like I think if he goes deep into the Star Wars lore like he was one of the best like strongest Jedi, like he was. I have read that. Not to be fucked. I didn't see that coming, Kyle. I didn't see anyone tonight saying Qui Gon. Love Qui Gon. I like that. What about you? Well, the answer is Obi Wan. Oh. The answer is Obi Wan. Okay. Like you know, I'm gonna go ahead and say like. You were saying you know Qui Gon is the guy who embodies the Jedi principles and kind of the Jedi code. I'm gonna go and say, nah. That Obi Wan is the one who embodies the Jedi principles and the Jedi code because Qui Gon was more of a person than a Jedi. He cared, and actually, he would be able to foster Anakin throughout his tumultuous life. 
outside of the Jedi Code. But Obi-Wan was kind of indoctrinated right into the Jedi Code. So for me, it's Obi-Wan, and he was kind of the Jedi Code guy. And also, Obi-Wan has defeated some of the baddest motherfuckers. He was the first Jedi to defeat a Sith in a thousand years. He was the first Jedi to defeat a Sith in a thousand years. And he was one of the baddest motherfuckers, dude. He beat Grievous. He beat Anakin. He did. Darth Vader. He did. He had the high ground. He, he had the high ground. No, nobody but he can... did not have the high ground against Darth Maul. Let's be real about it, okay? He did, he did not, not have the high ground. Yes. Qui-Gon did technically beat Qui- Darth Maul once. Once. <laughs> what? Once. No, he jumped out of the spaceship. He didn't beat him. He dipped out. So for me... Uh, Let's fight about it later. I, I don't think that in kind of going in a different direction, Obi-Wan being Anakin's master is what kind of led him down the road to be Darth Vader, but if his master was Qui-Gon, that never would have happened. True. Okay. Agreed. Okay. But we've seen a lot more of Obi-Wan than Qui-Gon. But I, I, I Plus, I'm Only sorry. because Josh Lucas does not know how to use his characters. Qui-Gon, okay, uh, Qui-Gon round was, number two. Qui-Gon was the first to master the whole, like, afterlife communication thing. Yeah, you know, he taught that to uh, Yoda and Obi-Wan. Okay, yeah. so, hot round number two. Um, we have The Mandalorian. We know there's an Obi-Wan series coming out. Uh, what character would you like to see a series about? Wow. That's hard. That is hard. It should be hard. It, that, this is Star Wars we're talking about. I want a dark character. I want... I want... And not Dark Maul. That's, that's too easy. No, he's already been chronicled in, like, Clone Wars and Rebels and stuff. Which I would like to see more of Maul, but we will, we'll never get it. I don't know. I know I want a dark character, but I don't know. Ooh, how about, what if we did, who, who was the bounty hunter? It wasn't Greedo, but there was another bounty hunter. Bosk? Yeah. I would love to see, because I feel like the world of like the bounty hunters weaves in and out so much with like the underbelly of that universe. Well, really all we see is like the Mandalorian aspect of it. Right, right. There's so many different races, so many different planets that we have in the Star Wars universe, so, like, why is it so scripted towards the Mandalorians? Right, right. And I want to be more definitive because that's kind of a a cop-out answer. It's not, it's not. But I want to see... I I want to know who fucking Bosk is. I want more of a seedy underbelly. I want to feel the, like, grit and a series down to, like, uh, what's the love? 15, 15. Right, like, yeah. there's levels underneath yeah. Coruscant. Like, yeah. like levels know, and levels and levels and levels. You know what the Dark Knight did to, like, the, the, the superhero genre? It made it gritty, it made it more real. I want that for Star Wars. And I know I think that's what they tried to do with Mandalorian. And, dude, I love Mandalorian. They nailed it. But they still have a very honorable code, right? Which is great, and I love that about it. But I want the grit, I want, like, the, the blood and the grime and the just the realness, you know? That's what I, that's kind we of... We need an R-rated Star Wars film. Yeah. Or a series. It will never happen, but I know that it would be one of the greatest things that... Uh, Amazing. So what about yeah. you, as far yeah. as a character you'd like a series about? A character I'd like a series about, honestly, I know it's the easy answer, but I would love a series about Vader with the 501st. Oh, Vader's fist. Oh, Vader's my fist. God, that that yeah. specifically is what I've wanted yeah. to see since I don't know. I since I've understood Star Wars, yeah. since I've understood that it was a thing, so that for me is kind of the pinnacle. I don't know how. I don't even know in my head what it would actually need to look like, 
but right. that's that's what I'm harping in on. That's right. what I would like to see. Right, most. and for those of you that don't know, the 501st is the clone unit that was assigned to Vader to hunt down and destroy the Jedi and also invade planets that resisted the Empire. So, like, as soon as Order 66 is implemented, Revenge of the Sith movie ends, the Palpatine gives Vader the 501st, and they go planet to planet, killing Jedi, putting people in order to follow this fucking empire. So, yes, Ed, I'm behind that 100%. Can't take away from you either, Kyle. I'm, I'm about fucking bounty hunter. I want to see the gritty, the gritty stuff. So, with that, you guys had... That's great answers for both of you. So, the last hot route I have for you both is... Non-Force users, no droids, not Leia or Han. Who had the most impact on the saga to you guys? Unquestionably R2-D2. No, I said no droids. Oh, sorry, you're right. Because I know you're your favorite character already. I edited that Those... question as soon as you did the show. You were like, I love yeah. R2-D2. I was like, gotta edit that question. One, of the, <laughs> yeah, one so. of the first things just like, oh shit, Kyle loves droids. Fuck droids. Yeah, that's kind of what I did. I did no do that. droids. Like, if you look at my notes, it's like not force user, not layer Han. Who's the most impact? And then he said that, and I was like, and not droids. Yeah. Okay. So who the fuck do we have to go with? That's what I'm saying. We got not a, not a force user. So Chewbacca. Oh fucking. A. Okay, so hold on. Uh, but re- did he though? Rephrase that. Who had most the most impact on the saga? Impact on the saga. Yeah. Uh, Tarkin. Mm. Shit. That's an That's answer I did not one. expect. That's a good one. This guy doesn't no. even give a shit about the Jedi religion. Doesn't care about anything. He's just a military... It's about power. Power. Purely about he power. He has a arc in Clone Wars that just sets up his character yeah. so well yeah. for what he's going to be in the movies we've seen him in now, like uh, Rogue One and New Hope. Yeah. Uh, so Tarkin, I like that. Tarkin, what do, you, great... what do you say, Kyle? Man, I cannot compete with that. Um... That's a hot one. That's it is. That is a hot, hot route. route. Hey, if uh, pick from these like six characters. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is a hard one, bro. This is like when you get a question and it's like two of the answers are right and you have to pick the writer one. <laughs> it's like I just, it's like I want to go with like one of the freaking dudes that handed over the freaking. <laughs> plans plans <laughs> and they got immediately murked by Darth he's like, Vader he's like trying to get through the door and he's like just take it I'm like but that that dude is impactful you know uh, nah I can't, I can't compete with that I mean Tarkin I have to defer to Ed's I mean answer. you can go with Jyn Erso yeah but she's so hot no she uh is, she, she is <laughs> no yeah Jyn Erso honestly I mean yeah I'll, I'll just go with that one I mean like first of all I just love her character and um but yeah so I'll, get, I'll go with Jyn Okay. And I read that book. Which the book has nothing to do with her, but... Um, it has to do with, like, what, Sagarera? It's her parents, yeah. Oh, it's her parents, yeah, okay. And Sagarera's probably in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Saw's in it. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> that concludes what we thought was going to be the first three movies, and yeah. it was just the first one. <laughs> That's first a big one, So, but, yeah. uh, expect... Uh, it's, I, I would say right now we have a lot to talk about in general, so don't expect to be at one, two, three, four, five, six in a row. You know, we're going to have some other things thrown in. But uh, this is definitely to be continued. This is part one of our Star Wars conversation. And so I want to thank Kyle for coming by to talk with us about it. Um, sure, sure. Love, Always love having a guest, but definitely love having a guest that knows what the fuck he's talking about. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Had a good time. Yeah, good, man. Well, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna go ahead and have some drinks after this to celebrate the Star Wars. So um, as always, I'm Chris. I'm Ed. 
And uh, thank you for stopping by. Peace. Thank you for listening to another episode of Almost Agreeable. You can catch all new episodes on Tuesdays and Thursdays. If you enjoyed the podcast, please like, rate, and subscribe. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Almost Agreeable.